Gringo in Latin America, episode number six. Gringo in Latin America, as always, is powered by Arte Agave. Find Arte Agave in your city. If you like tequila and mezcal, you're going to love Arte Agave. Episode number six is with Michael Diaz, better known as Juan Bago. Uh, comedian, actor, uh, he's uh, one of the hosts of Latinos Out Loud, which is a podcast that's won won many, many awards. So I had a great time talking to him. Super chill dude. We had a lot of fun, um, you know, crack some jokes. So uh, sit back for this one, grab a drink and uh, enjoy it. And we're uh, we're good to go, man. What's going on, brother? How are you? Hanging in there. Hanging in. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you like? Juan Bago, Michael Diaz? What do you prefer, man? Uh, maybe the backstory will help. Um, Michael Diaz obviously is the government name, um, and <laughs> Juan Bago came from like my, my first project that I worked on. Now, fifteen years ago, um, I I pretty much got a, got together with a couple of friends of mine. We did a, a feature film. At first, at first it was supposed to be a short, and the movie was called uh, "The Story of Juan Bago," which was me. Who, I was the lead. And, uh, you know, networking and, and promoting the film, people were like, hey, who are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm Juan Bago. And I guess the, the name was so catchy that it became my AKA. And oh. then, uh, then that's where it, it pretty much stuck. Because anytime I did any creative projects, it was Juan Bago. But then when I'm doing business, it's the government name, Michael Diaz. Got it, got it. So I guess the big question, though, is did you have almond flour pancakes for breakfast today? Wow. Uh <laughs> I'm hearing my girlfriend laugh in the background because she, we did actually. And I actually have to take, I have to man up and say this. Today was the first time I actually executed it. My girlfriend, right. I, I, was shadow, I was shadowing her um, the whole like, hey, babe, I'm going to watch you. And then it's like, wait a minute, you've been watching like three times and you haven't applied yet. So today I, I dived in and I, and I did it and it, and it was pretty good. It's, it's so interesting because we were having this conversation how everybody's like watching YouTube videos and yep. trying to get the right measurement. And the funny thing about it is it's, it's usually you have to, it's trial and error. So like to get the right consistency, especially with the almond flour, you got to do some trial and error, which we did today and it came out really good. All right, man. Right on. I told you my, my wife's been making them uh, so much and I, I started doing it on my own because every morning I'd be like, Hey, can you make me those almond flour pancakes? <laughs> can you make those almond flour? And she's like, just make it. And I'm like, What's in it again? And she's like, write it down. And I'm like, yeah, oh. yeah, that's literally what it is over here too. I'm like, wait a minute, what are you in the mood for? And you know, like for her, like it fills her up, and we don't have. To, she doesn't have to eat for the rest of the day. So I kind of have to like, I kind of have to initiate first. I'm like, you know, I'm gonna make the pancakes. And she looks at me like, knowing that it ends up being her. She's like, come here, give it to me. This is t- no, this is not gonna work. And I'm like, all right, good, go nice. ahead. I'll make nice. the. So have you been, you know, during this, uh, obviously the whole shutdown here, have you been staying healthy a little bit? What have you been doing? Have you been moving, working out? Like what's your, what's your routine? I'm literally uh, a case study of human behavior and understanding that we go to the gym because of necessity and because we're programmed to say we go to the gym and that's the only way you can stay fit. Mm. I have been, I've gotten cables, the resistance bands. And I've been noticing that for me, I've been doing that. I'm actually in the best shape since prior my first project that I did, Wambago, um, where I used to really be fit. And I'm at that point. So I'm, I'm in my best shape right now due to quarantine in 15 years because I'm, I guess, at the routine and like knowing that I don't have to rely on going to the gym. 
So I'm at, I've been, I've been eating healthy, low carb and everything. And I guess it's because we have been really being mindful, obviously, that, you know, to maintain a, a solid immune system, you have to eat healthy. It starts with that and working out. So I think that that's been my thing where I'm like, I guess the best version of me health wise and workout wise has been this during this time. Dude, that's awesome, man. I'm, I think I'm going to give up my gym membership. Like I, I bought a bunch of stuff. I got some, I stole some kettlebells from a friend and my whole garage has <laughs> turned into a thing. And, because you could be like, dude, you know, yeah, I'll see you when I see you. And it's like, man, don't save out there. Here you are, two months with the kettlebells. And it's like, yo, when this shit clears up, man, I got them there. I'm, I'm working for them, all right? <laughs> yeah, so I've, I literally have like a kind of a home gym. And I've been the same way. I'm just, I've been kind of working out more than ever because I'm like, the hell else am I going to do, you know? I, so. I actually, it was so funny because it's like when I wanted to get the, the resistance band, the the amount I, for me it was i saw a mutual friend of mine on instagram story and he was working out with the resistant band outside his house and i'm like what is that and he's like oh it's resistant band you should look into it i look into it and it took three weeks two to three mm-hmm. to get here so it's everything is really being delivered so more people are working out with resistant bands and it's taking longer so the demand of people working out at home um, but then, then, the, then there's the, see, this is why I'm saying we're all case studies. Cause then after that, people were getting creative on how to use the resistance band. I saw Jim Jones use the resistance, resistance bands with the broomstick and I'm benching now. I have a little mat over here and I'm now doing resistance benching. <laughs> I'll send you the video, but I'm like, yo. So now I'm benching. I'm using the broomstick for multiple. I'm like doing pull downs, everything. So, like I said, the collective resources, yeah, brainstorming of what we have is just furthering us into working out with just with the resources we have. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. It's like, do you do you need a gym membership anymore? Do you, do no. you really need one? Did you need to be all fancy? And I'm like, I'm cutting back on everything. And I'm like, man, I just. You know, body weight. I was doing push-ups, like with my feet up, and then my hands up, and just everything, everything. Figuring out, figuring out. So, man, I've been, I've been, I've been stalking you on social media. I've been watching your Instagram. Um, hilarious, man! Like I, the Dominicans versus Puerto Ricans. I was watching yeah. the, the Game of Thrones parody that you have. Like, so you know, obviously a lot of funny stuff, a lot of creativity. You know, have you always been the creative guy, the funny guy? Have you? Is this something that's new that you've been cultivating recently or since mm-hmm. grade school? Have you been like, you uh, know, kind of? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's like uh, any of us. I, I remember like three, four years ago, I went to speak at a school and these kids are in third grade, second grade, fourth grade. And every classroom that I went to had a class clown. And so I even made the joke. I'm like, I want to do a class clown academy. Like I just pluck out each student that's the class clown, put them all together because I used to just, it's like pranks and just for attention. Like I would finish my homework. I mean, not my homework. I would do my whole, like my assignment first and then want attention. And so I've been a class clown, um, even in an office. I was the, the one that's always doing little things here and there. And then I think it was a, I think it was where I got to a point where I had a mutual friend of mine that was a friend of the film festival that said, hey, listen, I think you need to put your resources into filming things. And so that was like, well, 16 years ago where a friend of mine was like, attend the festival, take a look. And that's when I started to uh, apply 
the stuff that, you know, regular day, you know, office or just amongst friends and putting it into arts. Um, and from that point on, either it's been short films, sketches, podcasts, whatever it is, I've applied that. But I think for me, it's more been more of an observation. I like to observe, you know, and where Puerto Rico versus Dominican is sort of like an observation of like what we look at Puerto Ricans while Puerto Ricans mm-hmm. at us. A lot of my material has been either the parody of taking something that's mainstream and making it Latino, or it's been something where I've observed and said, you know, I think third person, you know, this is my take into how things are funny. Yeah, yeah, and it's well, it's good. It's kind of like you because you know I have some friends who are Puerto Rican. I, one of my best friends, Dominican, and um, you know they kind of talk like like that. But it's it's just nice to see it in like a funny version. Yeah, and just to say hey, listen, you know, it's like is it this serious about like your your food versus my food kind of stuff? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I think some some sometimes I think people get in there, they get in their tribe or they get in their team. And becomes very serious, right? And yeah. it's you know I get it. You're protecting like your culture and stuff, but but we're same so time. in common. And I think that's the thing about Latinos is that we're so in common. Like there's so much we have so much in common, but yet we want to be different. And so I think that that's where the humor came in, and we end up being stepbrothers. Is because at the end of the day, there's we're so much in common, but I think we want to be different, and that's where the friction lies. Is where it's mm. not well, we're, we're better at this. And it's like, really? And that's why one of the jokes was like rice and beans. And then it's rice and beans in Spanish. So it's like literally the same thing, but right. because we phrase it differently, we're saying it's better. But on paper, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was hilarious because, well, and I got called out. I was actually talking to your friend, uh, Melissa, who connected us. Yeah. Uh, we were doing a podcast earlier and she's like, you know, she's like, well, did you speak Spanish? And I'm like, not really. Um, so she, when, when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute, they're saying the same thing. Like he's rice and beans and then he said rice and beans. And, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's funny, man. So, uh, what is, um, you know, tell me a little bit about the podcast that you have, the Latinos mm-hmm. out loud. Like what was the, you know, who's all part of it? Were they mm-hmm. friends of yours from a while ago? And kind of what was the, what was the point of the podcast? And tell me what you're up to with it, with that. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, podcasts have been around for over 10 years. Um, yeah. I think that the consumer is catching up, right? I think that, you know, Bill Simmons and other podcasters have been around for such a long time. And then more and more uh, consumers are, are taking that as something to, as far as entertaining and consuming, especially now. Yeah. Um, and I did a podcast back in 2015 with a friend of mine. We did, did like about nine episodes. It was called The Translators. We're actually one of the co-hosts right now with Jamie Fernandez. Uh, very niche, just about Latino actors. Um, but then as time went on, you know, obviously trying to balance out, you know, sketch comedy and other stuff, I sort of wanted to bring back podcasting, but without producing it. And so um, I had a couple of friends of mine that had a, was a launch, they launched a podcast network. Um, mm-hmm. And I, was, I went to uh, Rachel Strauss Muniz and I told her, look, look, we did online radio back in 2009 to 2011. Um, which was like before podcasting, it was like online radio where it's like, go to www. La, 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 la. Right, right. It was almost like podcasting, but it was just framed differently, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, listen, I think the time is now. We look at the market. There is not that many Latino podcasters. Um, and I think we're friends. So I think it's just a matter of bringing the online radio, which we have music breaks and just condensing it and not having any breaks. It's just dialogue for an hour. 
So I post her and then I had a friend of mine who is the friend in the circle that believes in conspiracy theories. And I felt mm. that he was the- There's always one, right? <laughs> there's always one one person right now. They're going crazy right now with this whole uh, COVID-19 too. Um, so I was like, look, we, we need to some, have someone like him that could be a part of that and kind of introduce some of the fake news conspiracy, but in a sense that we'll bounce off of it. And then I, um, then I had a friend of mine named uh, Andrew Santiago, who ended up like two months into doing the podcast and back in 2017, moved to LA. So we needed to bring someone in and I already had the relationship with Jamie from Moon 28 Comedy. So we brought it in. So the beauty of, uh, of our podcast is that we're friends for over 15 years. So I think a lot of times when people like want to, and this is like big podcast networks, we're like, well, we're going to bring in three comedians and we're going to put combine them together and it's going to be a success. And long story short, a lot of the times that doesn't happen because of the chemistry. Right. And so for us, what really helps out a lot of individuals that listen to us across the country feel like they can escape for an hour because they feel like it's their four friends talking in the living room. Um, so our podcast is pretty much half hour of banter. And then we bring somebody in this Latino that's either in the arts, politics, community that is doing something great that like we like to say is, is pushing the Latinos forward. So, yeah, cool. I mean, obviously, I mean, are you, are you still recording it? Are you just doing it like, doing it like this? We're yeah. doing it like this in zoom All gotcha. of, with our living gotcha. room. You know, the background. Are you, you know I mean? are you creating? Are you creating any other content right now from home, or how's it working for you? Yeah. Um. So I thought like everybody else, or like the whole mantra was like, "Yo, you're gonna be home. You're gonna be able to bang out five feature scripts. <laughs> uh, fucking maybe do a do a a book. You know about your life <laughs> and like um." My girlfriend is also an artist as well. And it's a thing that, like, as artists, we're very sensitive in the sense that we take on what's going on in real life. And that anxiety of the COVID-19 and the unknown, it's hard to be creative when you're concerned and you're worried. It's not a great way to create art. And so I think for the first few weeks, we were dealing with that, with that anxiety. And so what people thought was like, wow, you're going to be able to bang on a lot of stuff because there's just your home. It's not the same as a retreat going upstate, <laughs> right? Right. You know, and so I think now that this has become sort of the pre uh, no, no, no pre new norm, I think it's been easier for me to to start creating again. And I definitely mm-hmm. want to create some of the sketches. I got some stuff that's probably like an audible podcast stuff. Um, but it's been a little easier because now I think with more information out there and less anxiety, I think now it's easier to structure your day. Um, yeah. So long story, long story short, yes, now, recently, but before at first, it was tough. It's yeah. really tough when you hear that a friend of a friend got in, you're hearing a friend of a friend's uncle passed away, and it's, it feels very close, and it's hard to like kind of escape when it's all around you. Yeah, and that's been the, been the same with me, too. It's just you're kind of, you know, there's so much happening around you that you're like, I don't even want to concentrate on this. I don't know if you have kids, but I've, I have two daughters at home. Mm-hmm. My wife and it's like you know I'm I'm you know are you my the, studio right now are you uh, are you the uh, substitute teacher math teacher what te- uh, what teacher I started you? so I started out as the the gym teacher um, oh okay I started I started out as the gym teacher and now I'm kind of like the cool substitute teacher so <laughs> I show up in the kitchen 
or the basement. They're like, hey, daddy's here. Daddy, we're going to learn. I'm like, you know, but I'm also, I'm also, I don't know about you, man, but I, I was a straight CD student in school. I didn't learn how everybody else learned. So like when I'm the substitute teacher, it's more like a Montessori school. It's like, what do we want to learn? What you want to like, I literally was, I was doing a presentation class for my daughter for three days in a row. One, cause she's like, I, daddy, I'm nervous when I talk to people. I'm like, well, let's do a presentation class. My wife's like, right, what are you right. doing? I'm like, I don't, like, why not? Right. Like, I don't know algebra. Right. I was helping her with algebra yesterday. I couldn't understand it. I have no clue what's going on. I said, let's go do the presentation class again. So that is so gym funny. teacher to substitute. <laughs> Did you have a whistle? Did you get it on Amazon uh, Prime, a whistle? No, no whistle. No whistle. It just, oh. I've got a very strong voice and, and, that's, yeah. and that's it. No whistle. It's interesting. We don't have kids, but I'm noticing from some of my friends that too, that again, another interesting time. It's like a case study of, of parents with kids or how kids are learning. Some kids are learning more because they don't have the distractions. Some kids are not learning as much because they need to focus. So again, we're, this is all like a case study of human behavior and how we're doing right now. A hundred percent. And it's even with me and my wife, it's just kind of like, I mean, we're getting along, but it's, you know, day to day, you're trying to, you're trying to figure it out. And I'm like, listen, we got to have a little bit of structure. We're going to have this. And she's like, this is not a business. We're not, I'm like, well, we got to have a little bit of a schedule. And, you know, so we kind of, we kind of have it figured out now and we just it's communicate. I mean, you got to communicate. It's like, how are you feeling? How's it going? What, do you need help with something? I'm like, I've got a podcast at two o'clock. And then after that, I could do this, this, and this. And, you know, I don't know. It's you're, you're trying to figure it out. You're all locked into this house and yeah, we have two, two old computers that we, redid and now my kids have computers that they can work on so i was literally downstairs i'm like wait a minute we have four computers four phones three three ipad things like i'm like what is what is going on here it's like a, it's like a technology startup company in my in my kitchen right now it's ridiculous <laughs> i think we're gonna look back in 2020 and be like wow yeah okay okay because again like i said like the, i the the I'm just fascinated to see how not like couples that for whatever particular reason, like maybe a year or less decided to stay together, like, you know, under the same roof, like that has to be, that has to be just so like fascinating or on the flip side, even relationships are a long time, but like the couples are so busy that they never spend time together and not all this time together. Now you're stuck. Now you're with, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, honey, I gotta, I gotta go to a meeting. Uh, honey, I'm staying late to work. No, you're here, so let's talk. <laughs> uh, wait, hang on one second. Yeah. I gotta uh, get this going again. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, oh wait, that didn't work. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just trying to. I think my my recording stopped. I don't know why I did that. I'm probably out of space yeah. here. So the other thing about it is like realizing you know, how much space do I have on the computer? Oh, let me. There's a lot of deep diving going on right now too. Things that we don't have time to look into, bro. <laughs> There's no excuses right now. There's no excuses. My computer's been out of space for like the last two weeks. I've been removing stuff. I removed stuff today. I removed photos and videos, and all I'm doing is trying to create content. So I've got all this new stuff coming in. I've got pictures from 13 years ago that I'm getting rid of. Like. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's like a reset. Mother Nature is like reset. Reset. Yeah. Which yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's a, that that's 100% and and it, you know like you said it's it's going to be interesting to he'll really see what people do. Like I mean, have you always been I mean, you seem very entrepreneurial, right? You, yeah. you do your own thing, you kind of go on your own. Have you have you always been that way or were you like I'm going to get a job and I've had that balance. I've always had, to, you know, you have to pay the bills and stuff, but I've been more yeah. of an individual that instead of me saying, you know what, I'm just going to focus on acting and going through the system of just acting. I've created, that's the thing about me. Like I've, I started a, I started a uh, sketch group. I started a networking event thing that I was telling you about, like Bago Bunch. So I've always been an entrepreneur of creating my opportunities instead of just saying, all right, you know what? I'm just going to audition. I'm going to just focus on being an actor. So for me, I look at this time and I look at this situation that we're dealing with. I'm like, what opportunities are coming out of this? Where, what are, what are we, what's going to happen now that is going to, in two years, just be the norm. And so that's why I'm looking at as far as artists. Where it's like, okay, now we're doing the podcast. We can get somebody. You're noticing now, like I'm noticing, like late night television is just pretty much implementing Zoom and putting graphics. Yeah. So for yeah. me, I'm looking at it as like un- in comedy, you know, I have a friend of mine that, that works at SNL. And it's like you look at the first week when they did SNL to the second episode. And it's like that really was for me a case study i'm like oh i see what they did they went ahead and sent green screens to the talent they they gave them microphones they did certain things so like again what i was telling you before like for me i'm looking at it like everything's a case study from like how can i create art how can i collaborate with other comedians so i can create content because the consuming is there like people are still and and people obviously are you know binging so much right now that within a few weeks, where are people going to put their attention to? And I think that's where our space is going to be able to fill that in. But are we going to be able to do it in a way where people can stay focused on it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, sorry for the hand coming oh. in here. I'm trying to figure out the recording stopped on us. Yeah. So, but we're, we still have the audio. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, and that's what's going to be interesting too, is like, you know, it's um yeah, don't worry, we might be out of space. We were just talking about that. <laughs> I think my computer ran out of space. You know, you know what happened with me? I had we had no space on the laptop that my girlfriend and I were sharing, and we were like, yo, we're gonna have to genius bar, whatever. Come to find out that the reason why I didn't we, we didn't have that much space is that my the podcast that I subscribed to took a shit oh. of memory. And yeah. as soon as I cleared it up, I Probably wouldn't have figured that out if we weren't home and trying to like deep dive and find out. Yeah, and that's well, that's how it was. All my all my pictures and videos on my phone got linked to my computer. So there's like I just found out like an hour and a half ago, there's thirteen thousand videos and pictures hidden on my computer and it's taking up ninety two percent of my space. So yeah. <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of angry emails in a couple of weeks. Like, Apple, what are you doing? Like, computer, what are you doing? All right. If it's on my phone, I don't need it on my computer. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think, you know, going back to like entrepreneurial and stuff, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm just curious to see, mm-hmm. you know, people are out of work for two, three months. And listen, it's, it's, it's bad. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a tragedy out there. Um, you know, I'm just curious to see how people's lives are going to change 
after this? I mean, are they going to find something new? Are they going to drop what they were doing? It's kind of like everyone's got to get creative right now. And I'm just curious to see how that creativity is going to continue after that. I think the key thing now is, again, I I know certain individuals that were doing these huge, you know, big, uh, not concerts, but these day party events, Mm. Um, weddings that were like, there's no way that's going to be postponed. I think what number one thing is we cannot take for granted or assume anymore when it comes to certain things. I think now we're knowing that anything can happen. And I think that that even includes and when you're creating art to understand that it's like, we could have any more, we shut down again. What's our plan B? Like, what do we prepare ourselves? Because we now are learning that what we take for granted and we assume two months from now, we're going to be able to do, it may not be there. And so I think that that's what we're learning more. And I think we'll be more self-sufficient. I think now what we relied on others, you're going to have to be able to be more of that individual that will be able to do everything. So that way you don't you don't cut off the momentum. Like our podcast, we used to go to a studio and yep. we rely on someone record it, and it's like okay that that doesn't exist anymore. Now you got to do it in Zoom. Okay, so what happens in the future if we have a guest and we wanna they can't come to New York? What do we do? Maybe we just do Zoom. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of it now is becoming more self sufficient taking advantage of what we can because look i know a lot of individuals now that are building in their little studio like there's people yeah. doing voiceovers there's people doing audition and so now it's like get a blue screen get a better mic get all these tools that there's not there's now not going to be an excuse if you can't go physically to audition the quality of it you're going to have to provide cannot be the excuse anymore it's like well wait a minute you have to invest in yourself and email it there's now a pickup I mean, I don't know if you noticed television commercials. You're like, oh, wait a minute, that's post quarantine, you know? Like you, right. can, it's it is it's it is now like BQ and you know A AQ like it's before quarantine because you can. So so I think that that's the thing now. I think there's more self sufficiency that you can't have that as an excuse anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree, man. I agree, and uh, it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I just I want to see how you know. I've got some friends that. You know, not friends, but I see people on social media crawling up in a ball, and I'm like, they're like, you know, I'm depressed. I'm like, I get it, but you know, do do something else. Now's the time to learn, re- watch a po- you know, listen to a podcast, watch YouTube, you know, learn and grow and and experience something different than you know what you're doing before. I know so many people that I guess that were that hated their jobs before and their lives and stuff, and now it's 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 almost like a reset. Um, I just hope people come out on the other side better than they were before. Uh, yeah. And I, and, and I know people as well that like, you know, they're stand-up comedians, uh, they, mm. they perform live, uh, they, they tour and yeah. you know, uh, like that, that one, that's one thing that I probably for artists that really are hit hard, uh, the most are probably stand-up comedians because they are performing three to four times a week, at least in front of an audience. What do you do with your material now? Because you can't really do stand-up on Zoom. I mean, it's not the same. So those are individuals that it'll be interesting to see once people start, you know, performing live, how's the material? Like, what is going on there? But there are individuals now that not being able to have that human contact and that energy is going to, it's it's going to affect them one way or another. So that's going to be the interesting part to see in a few months when that comes again. Yeah, no, I, I, 
we, you know, I had a couple of comedians, we did a virtual happy hour like last week and I had a, a comedian that came on and I was like, Hey man, you want to do like, you know, like 10, 15 minutes. He's like, yeah, not really. He's like, it's just not, um, you know, it's just, he's like, there's no audience. There's no feedback. There's nothing. He did like a monologue kind of thing for like two, three minutes and right. it was funny as hell, but he was like, that's all I'm doing. He's like, <laughs> right. he's like, I've seen other comedians that most five minutes on something, but he goes, you're just, you're going to bomb if you're doing like a 20 minute zoom yeah, to nothing, you know? So yeah. It's, it, it is tough. I mean, look, I, I watched uh, John Oliver and I could even tell the way he delivered before because there's certain beats that you have when you're performing these monologues, like when he does his 15 minute thing. And now you could just tell like it's like running right through it, like not even thinking about it. And it's like because there's a certain tempo and beat and, and energy when you have the audience laughing, you got to wait and you go on and you build. Now it's like mm. you straight through it's. Like pretty much when you have a single camp type of show, comedy show, where it's like you're not even you're not even pacing yourself for the for the laughs. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I get it, man. It's it's all it's all interesting right now. It's it's kind of fun. Like if you're into it, if you're a creative type, you're like, well, you know, I, to me, you know, I started like my business about eight years ago, and it was just running around, hustling, meeting, taking calls, and. I'm doing the same thing right now. I mean, literally I've had, you know, I work with a lot of liquor brands. We do a lot of events. So there are a lot of my sponsors and I'm just taking random calls and they're like, what are you up to? What are you doing? This is what we're doing. And I'm, I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm figuring this out, but do you want to work together? Do you not want to work together? This is like, I'm sending out proposals for stuff and right. just, it's, it's all up in the air right now. Yeah. It's like the wild, wild west. <laughs> and that's the thing about it. Like, again, um, I know we previously spoke, but it's like, it's like, being an athlete, being injured in the sideline. Like you right now need to just mm. sit down and like reflect because we're on go, 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 you know, just constant, 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 constant. Now it's like, and then now you start to reflect a little bit more and then you slow down. And I think those are somebody, like I was listening to another podcast and they were just talking about like, I think the great Renaissance were, well, hold on a second. Wait, what was it? The great Renaissance came out of like the whole, Remember they were talking about the Renaissance came out of like this whole last. Oh, oh I'm Joe Rogan. Yeah, Joe Rogan. I heard the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it like after the Spanish, or yeah, after the the flu happened, the Great Renaissance came out. Yeah, that was that was a couple episodes ago. I was just listening yeah, to that. I think it's gonna be the same thing's gonna happen right now. And and imagine now everything is shared. Everything is shared. Like thoughts are being shared. Like people are reflecting. So I think that you know, again, th- what's going on right now is is. is <clears throat> It's bad, but at the same time, you know, we have to sort of take advantage and really like we're seeing the flaws of society yeah. and mankind right now, and you can't hide it. You know, like a lot of the times we've been able to hide it, we haven't had time to really, you know, put attention to it, and we are now. And I think again, even as artists, even when doing social media, doing all the stuff, like we're usually a lot of the people that are putting out are now also consuming and they're watching their peers. And I, I like to, I like to observe a lot and that's what I'm doing right now. And I think that we're just going to be better because of this. Um, yeah. And I, I hope so. You know what I mean? Cause I hope some people are just like, what the hell I've been doing for 10 years, you know, like it's, is it worth it? You know what I mean? So we, I hope more of the creativity come out, more people start writing books, more people start loving each other and get like, you know, getting together and, Realizing all the other stuff, all the other bullshit before was useless. Uh, they're gonna be expensive. Those are gonna be expensive. You know what I mean? Like, 
when you get a hug, you're gonna be like, you know how like sometimes you go to like places like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, hey, what's up? Now it's like, yo, yo, come here. Uh, let me get a hug. Let me feel that, you know? It's like human contact is like, hey, what's going on? You know? So so I think that we're gonna value that more. I think we're gonna value, you know, for you to say, hey, come over, let's hang out, let's spend time. People are gonna value that more. You know, I think a lot of times people, eh, let's just go hang out and stuff like that. It's like, if you're going to be in front of an individual, like that is valuable, that that we understand that now, especially when we're just seeing people through screens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree, man. I can't agree with you more. And, um, you know, like I said, I just hope we come out on the other side or I hope other people come out on the other side, just realizing, you know, like I said, I, I live in the suburbs, you know, so I lived in New York for 20 years. And I still have an apartment there, but I live in the suburbs and I have a lot of neighbors that just kind of just go through the motions go through the motions and then always like whoa why are you so happy why are you da, 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 da? i'm like i don't know because i'm doing what i want you know what i mean like and so i just I, I really hope people start doing what they want in, in lives and you know it's just it's so much more impactful and some people just take a paycheck and they get in a car and they drive an hour and yeah. go through the motions and and what is it what is it for you know so you can retire yeah. at 72 exactly. yeah <laughs> So, oh man. Um, so listen, I want to like, let, let, let's back up a little bit. Um, you know, let's talk about, you know, you and you, if we can open mm-hmm. up a little bit about like your family and a little bit about your upbringing. Yeah. And tell me what, it's, what was it like? You know, I said I was a you know straight D student in school. Mm-hmm. What were you like as a student? You know, where did you, you know, was your creativity from your family? Was it an uncle? Was it something you watched on TV? Yeah, tell me a little bit about when you, let me tell tell me about younger Juan Bago a little bit. Yeah, younger Juan Baguito. Um, so I uh, was born in New Rochelle, which was the epicenter in, in the United States where the COVID nineteen came was New Rochelle. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow, my hometown. Uh, <laughs> and um, my father uh, worked in construction in the eighties and the early nineties around the time where you know the Wall Street and the whole boom. So my father decided to move to the suburbs of Connecticut. So as a young kid, I was in near the Danbury area, um, West Reading, Connecticut. So I lived in a small town that was like less than 7,000 people. Uh, and I was pretty much the only Latino. So it was weird because for me to be Latino in a small town where it was just Irish and Jewish and Italian. And here I am, uh, you know, being Dominican, which even back then they didn't know Dominican. I mean, Dominican right. became popular after Sammy Sosa, Rodriguez, <laughs> but before that, in that time, so it was a thing of, and I think it really now speaks for me as an artist was my identity, right? What what was my identity? Like, I can't say I have things in common when I'm bringing leftover Spanish food and kids are like, "What is you know, like, what is this rice and beans? What is this stuff?" And Monday through Friday, I'm in Connecticut, but then my mom would go to Washington Heights in the weekend. And now I'm just like this loud, you know, Dominican merengue. So I had this whole like Monday to Friday, crickets, quiet birds, you know, suburbs, neighbor all the way on one side. And then in New York, it's train and out there and it's just loud. So there was like a culture shock on a consistent basis. And then again, you know, growing up, you know, I sneaked so much that I remember I was such a hip hop head, you know, in high school. Um, that was in the early nineties where it was just like 
Biggie, Nas, Vibe. And so for me in my school, obviously rap wasn't number one. It was more heavy metal and, you know, all the music. But I, I found my way to seek even more. Like I didn't take for granted. If I grew up in Washington Heights, Hot 97 was there. It's there. But being in Connecticut and really chasing for the for the culture, I consumed it differently. Like I was really seeking it anywhere I wanted. Um, throughout that time, again, I was a class clown. Um, you know, I, I knew everybody. When I was a senior, I knew the freshmen, sophomores, juniors. I was just that people person, always connecting. And, you know, I was doing sports. Um, and then for me as a student, like, same thing. Like, math, loved it. You know, I was very, very focused. When I was focused in my class, A's. But when I wasn't, I was too busy caring to be cool. I got my C's. Um I went to school for just one year. And then around that time where I went to school for a year in college was around that time where John Leguizamo was on HBO. I went away. Now, you got to remember, I grew up in the suburbs where it was like very strict parents. So like I wasn't around other Latinos. But when I went to college um, in New Britain near Hartford, Puerto Rican, Dominican, I was like, oh, my people's okay, cool. And then when I moved to Washington Heights, when I was around 18, 19, 20, that's when I was like, wow, okay, all these all these years are catching up. I'm like, oh, Dominican Latinos. And then seeing John Leguizamo, seeing that I made people laugh, uh, brought me joy was where I started that path of like, okay, what do I want to do? Did I want to get into like being an accountant, which is what I wanted to do when I grew up, or was it something in arts? And so I think once I got to my mid-20s and I noticed that I was auditioning in independent films and things, it was just the same. It was drug dealers and, you know, it was just all the stuff that you pretty much would see in Law and & Order. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm like a Dominican that cracks jokes and I'm not seeing that being reflective on television. And then that was where technology was starting to catch up. The internet was around. These cameras were coming out that it was affordable to rent out. I'm seeing people yeah. creating stuff. That's around the 15-year mark where I started the path of starting to create. I had a friend of mine um, that had a public access show. So he had a membership with Eminem. And he had, every every week, he had to create content to put on public access to be at 10 o'clock on a Thursday, hung out with him, started like, he started doing like videos and man in the street. And I just absorbed all of that, right? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, I'm liking this, you know. We did a, a parody of MTV Cribs, but it was my apartment and, <laughs> and things. And so I think the time was technology allowed me that I didn't have to be like, damn, I got to freaking go to school for, I mean, later on I went to do improv and acting classes, but around that time where I had the peak drive of creating stuff, I'm noticing that the tools were there. And so I think it wasn't until I started my film that I got uh, worked with, um, I think right now they're Fusion. Uh, the network is called Fusion with J-Lo Bot, but like about 10 years prior on CTV. And they hired me to create content with this camcorder, simple editing program. And I literally now was like, wow, I gotta, I have to, on an end of, every week I had to create and edit stuff. And that's when I created the, the, the sketch comedy group in 28 with a, a few of my peers. And from there, I haven't looked back as far as consistently creating the content and, and writing and, and doing stuff. But 
it literally did start with me being lost for a couple of years and figuring out what makes me really happy. And that was, you know, entertaining and, and comedy. Yeah. So how did you keep the drive up to keep going? I mean, was it, did you always give yourself like, well, you know, your, your friend had to create content every Thursday. Did you always give yourself like, I have to do it by this date kind of thing. And, you know, I, I didn't keep it up. I mean, that's the thing yeah. to the younger artists out there to keep going and keep trying. Like where, where, where did, you know, where did well, it come from you? Oh, but well, part of his personality was like, that's a lot of the times when I'm, I'm in the mix, I'm that one that, can become very mechanical in the sense of like the producer mind of like this we gotta get this done because it is true. And like I said, during this quarantine time, it's it's kinda hard when you don't have a deadline to say, all right, I need to submit something. Even in the writing part. That's been the struggle for me. It's always been the writing part as far as like, okay, all right, then I don't submit it unless it's a contest or like somebody's like, hey, we can need this deadline. But back then, it was literally to me, I think just the feeling of creating a well around that time too we we were performing live as well and so we was we had the format of like snl we we got together we would shoot a bunch of stuff edit it perform live and then there was a flat screen with a projector we would you know we would we would show that so there have been periods of time where creating content was aligned with a deadline but ultimately you know, even, there has been a lot of projects that I was involved for years that never was completed. It's just a normal thing. That's why sometimes a lot of like, people take for granted is like, hey, you finished mm. something, you know, even though it may not be the greatest thing in the world, you completed it. And we are sometimes a people of habit. And I think sometimes a lot of like, people who start off, right, they get the fever. I had this short film on it was like five minutes. They write it and then they, real life hits them and they don't finish it. And I think that that is that part where you sort of have to pass that, you know, self, you have to have that, you know, self like restraint, like you have to have that discipline to be like, yo, you need to go through. And I've yeah. had that for, for a while, but I've, I've dealt with it where it's tough. You know, you just get caught up, you know, having a, having a regular job, having a relationship, dealing with stress sometimes puts the heart yeah. to the side. Um, yeah. But I've been blessed enough to be around certain people that, I have shared that same vision of having deadlines and completing things. Um, but, yeah. being in, you know, being independent is tough. Because, again, when you don't have a specific deadline. It's on think- you. Yeah. Yeah, it's on you. And I think, you you know, you said it when you're, you said surrounding yourself with those other people. And that really keeps you going and finishing a project. Like, I've done things, events, stuff that, that failed. You know what I mean? Like, I've done it many, many failures. You know what I mean? Where my, my wife, who you met earlier, like, she's like, what are you doing again? And you know, there's, I have more misses than I have hit sometimes, but it's those misses that I learn from that, le- that give me the hits, you know what I mean? Everyone. So it's like, it's sort of dwelling on those misses, you know, just learn from it. And, 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 you know, one thing that people don't talk about, they don't talk enough about it as an artist and that is that as an artist, you know, you'll watch Netflix, you'll watch films and have the budgets, they have the best material, right? And we watch that. But then when you create your art and it's not at that scale, and then there's there's certain part of your mind that's like, damn it, it's not good enough. I don't want to put it out there because you're, you're so accustomed to watching things are a higher budget 
group thing, you sort of compare yourself when you're at that level. It takes that discipline, and like you said, be comfortable with the failing because it's the muscle memory and continue to get to that point because then you get to another level where you get a better editor and then you get a better writing, supporting team. But a lot of artists that start off, they look at their stuff and they're like, man, that's not this. I, I don't want to put it out. I was like, no, no, no. You you definitely need to put it out there because you sort of have <laughs> that, that pain that, uh, to want yeah. more. But I know so many perfectionists that literally stop themselves for years because they're, they yeah. compare their, their art to the art that is mainstream that has a machine behind it. And it yep. scares them because they just don't yeah. good enough. And that's a huge part of growing. And I think that that's a thing where the faster you can get over that, actually, the faster your success will be. Yeah, I agree. I, I listen to, I mean, you mentioned the Joe Rogan podcast. I listen to that as well. There's a bunch of other content I consume. There's a guy out there called Gary V. Yes. Um, I don't know if you listen to him at all. Um, he's a big, you know, whether you love him or hate him, he's usually one or the other. But he's, you got to fucking, fuck that shit, man. You got to come out there right now. There's opportunities. You got pennies? You got pennies? Get those pennies, put them together. It's a $3. You can flip it. And then through two years, you have $15. And then you can open up an account <laughs> of Amazon, which right now is $2,000. But in three years, that penny that you had and you put together, it, you're a millionaire now. You can own the jets. <laughs> well, so so obviously you've you've listened to Gary Gary yeah. V before, um, but that's how he is. Like he's like, yeah, you want this? You want the bling bling? Work. <laughs> My dad's liquor store. I took over it and I hooked internet to his liquor store and look, boom, bing, bang. I don't know why I'm still yelling, but I'm in my best shape in my life right now, so I have more energy to yell at you. Next week. Bring it oh. on. What's your name again? I don't know. You just started last week, but I'm making you my cameraman. I don't care. <laughs> I was when he first came out. I was like, wow, he's so he's so broke. Yeah, I was like, yeah, who's this guy? Like, yeah. my wife really hates him. Every time I've got him on, she's like, what is this annoying guy? I'm like, but he's got, but he makes sense. He's like, just put it out. Just put it out. Make content. Create content. Do it. Do it. Do it. Don't worry yeah. about it. And that's what's kind of helped me like pivot my business. I'm just like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to start doing it. And then you just learn and learn and learn. And the, the reality is like, no one really, the first piece of com con content you put out, like no one cares. No one gives a shit, you know, it's just make it better, make it better, make it better. Um, spam. People are not going to go to you and say, do you remember that, that little Instagram story that you posted April 4th, 2020 at three, three in the afternoon. I wasn't thinking that bro. Like no one has to, no one's gonna be that detailed. Like even if something is great, it only lasts in people's mind for like a day or two. So you want to keep putting it out there. <laughs> yeah, what one hundred percent. And uh, you know, e even if you if you don't do it well in the beginning, it's like just just win in the end. You know, you're gonna win in a year, two years. So that first piece of content that sucked, like as long as you keep improving, you know, like you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be doing well. And you can look at that first piece and be like. Who gives a shit? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. so I don't know if I completely answered the whole. So okay. So so um, very very quickly. Um, so yeah. So I did that. Family wise, um, my cousin who uh, in my first project ever he played two different characters. He's he's always been like the family 
um, charlatan, comedian. Um, charlatan? Is that how you say it? Charlatan, a charlatan. Like, oh, got to get charlatan. Yep. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I've, you know, Dominicans, we are known, I don't know if it's known, known, but they're known as storytellers. So growing up, I, I, there was a lot of storytellers in my family. You know, there was like a long-winded, you know, story. And then the punchline is in the end. But then in between were little jokey jokes. And so I think my mother was that. My mother would literally on Saturdays be on the phone with my with my aunts and my grandmother. And then later on would share it with me. While my father was the dry, sarcastic one, which I never knew if he was serious or not. So I think I've in those two components that put together in my comedy. Um, but ultimately, like I said, I think Latinos and more specifically Dominicans, we're, we've always been uh, storytellers. So I've gotten that, you know, from just osmos, like just getting it in the air. Like that's right. how that was. Um, and I've been blessed, you know, to have friends that are just naturally funny. And like, I think a lot of times when people talk about UCB and other improv schools, a lot of the skills that you learn there, it's funny. Like you can be like, "Well, that's my friend Kevin. My Kevin does that. Like he just sets up the joke and he does this and he yes ands." And it's like there's some natural stuff that Latinos have been around that is, and it became a skill, but it's been around there. So I've I've also have to say that I've had really funny friends that I feel that have kind of worked that muscle to to be there and be around. Yeah. It went, you know, going back to you know, your kind of high school days, you said you were the only Dominican or Latino in the mm-hmm. area. Was there big issues in school? Any, any problems? Was there anything that, mm-hmm. you know, were you, did you feel I mean, outcasted or, you know? Again, I think it was a balance between me having the uh, outgoing personality mm. to then feeling where I was like the only Latino, but I, I look, there's, there's always going to be racism everywhere. I'm, was it was it an issue where I'm like, oh my god, no? Because I have mixed friends as far as French, Italian. You list them every every country. I had a friend, and it was no, there wasn't that. There was like, oh, you're Latino or whatever. It never dealt with that. But still, there's the common thing where it's like, you know, being being bringing the food everything like i said even when you're when you're a teenager being different sometimes you know is going to be something like what is that yeah and and i think you know being bilingual and and being spanish too where it's like another foreign thing um is just the curiosities is just going to be different it just led me as an adult to when i do latino content to have the outside looking in because I didn't grow up in New York City and amongst Dominicans. What might be taken for granted of like a Dominican might in Washington be like, yeah, that's what we do. For me, it'd be like, oh, that's that's interesting though. Like I, I mm. see it because it's outside. So every weekend I'm sort of never mm. did this, but like growing up, I was like, oh, okay. Because when I go Monday through Friday to school, it sort of you know stands out. Mm. So as an artist and someone that observes, I think that that's you know that's the thing about Puerto Rican versus Dominicans and some of the other stuff that I've done. It's that I've been grow- I grew up explaining things that I'm you know like anybody else would be like, uh yeah, duh, rice and beans and chicken, like that's what we eat. I have to explain why do you eat rice and beans and chicken like every day or every other day? It's just that's 
part of the culture. But for me, I'm so I'm me having to explain it made it easier as an artist to put that in the art so that if you don't understand Puerto Ricans or Dominicans, you watch the video and be like, oh, I get it. Okay, I understand. Okay, I can relate to that. Um, and that obviously, I didn't know that when I was growing up, but now as an adult, uh, well, actually, I've been an adult for a while now, but <laughs> as an artist, I'm like, oh, wow, that was a skill that it, that built me, built to where I'm at now. And then I'm, I'm glad for it. So, so yeah, yeah. it was, um, it was, it was a uh, very interesting growing up for sure. Wow. So you, you kind of got both perspectives and you're the kind of looking in maybe you're the out, on the outside a little bit, looking in on different cultures and, yeah. and it's kind of gone into your company today. Oh, what is that? Oh, that's my principal from high school calling in. <laughs> It's not my computer, man. I'm sorry. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, this is all because of you. I've got this new setup because of you here. I'm like trying to, I've got three devices going at once. I'm trying to figure it out, man. I like the background that you have is very dead. And then, then you got the, the drink right there. Like, all right, we're going to go on a, a drinking break for a second. Hold on a second. Here. Take a little sip. Just, just, just in case I got to drink tequila, um, whenever, whenever things are going. Uh, are you, are you a drinker? Do you drink it all? Uh, yeah. I, you know, it's funny. Before the quarantine, I was like, 2020, I was going to go dry. And mm. I've been drinking wine. I'll drink once in a while. Um, but I like uh, tequila. and uh, But I'm a wine drinker. I love oh, yeah? Merlot and uh, mm. Malbec and uh, all the, those red wines that, yeah. uh, you know, with the pinky up. Um, <laughs> and I, I was ahead of the curve because I would go like even 10 years ago, like even uptown. You know, everyone's drinking and like, my man, what's up with you, man? Why are you drinking a glass of wine right now? Like, it's chill, man. And now, like, the basketball players be doing it, right? They, mm. They're out there having their own wine night and stuff. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big tequila, mezcal. Uh, I like everything. <laughs> but, now, uh, yeah. I want to ask, the mezcal, uh, what is that? Again? Like, what's the whole... Because I feel like I was introduced to Moscow like maybe three, four years ago. If I'm not, act- if I'm trying to be accurate, yeah. So good, nice little different. Mm. Yeah. So kind of, kind of the difference between tequila and mezcal is they'll take like well, they'll harvest the pina, right? So they'll harvest the pina, um, and what they'll do is they'll they'll roast it like underground for three days to five days. So if you ever had you know tequila, you'll get some. Yeah, some sweet notes, some spicy notes, whatever. But mezcal, you'll get a lot of that smokiness to it, yeah. kind of like a scotch. So a lot of that comes from like instead of the instead of tequila, they just harvest the pina, they'll break it up, distill it, turn it into tequila. Mezcal, they'll take that pina and they'll roast it under the ground. So you get a lot of the earthy notes, a lot of that smokiness, and then they'll distill it um, after it's been it's been roasted and harvested. So. Uh, but mascal has been around for like 500 years. Everyone thinks it's like a new thing. Um, it's just something that everyone drank in Mexico. And then, you know, some some gringos discovered it again. <laughs> Full circle, right? There comes Full a circle. gringo like, guys, check this out. Like, oh, my God. No, I love it. Listen, I've had it um, years ago. And I'm like, oh, my God, I like that smoky. I love that. Like, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, tequila is, you know, they say it's the only upper, but it's, it's one of those things that 
if I have a couple of tequilas, I feel fine the next day. Like I'm, it wakes me up. I feel fine. If I have like, if I have wine, too much wine, I get a little kind of chill and relax. And yeah. Um, yeah. I'm more of an upbeat kind of guy. So I want my tequila. I want to keep going. But if I want to yeah. relax, I'll have a bourbon or a glass of wine. And then that kind of sort of mellows me out. Yeah. Agreed. So uh, cool, man. So listen, I, I listen. I appreciate your time and 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 taking you know time out of your day for doing this. Um, I'm now a big fan. Um, so I apologize if I'm stalking you on all the social media outlets. <laughs> I didn't like 44 of my picks. What's up with that? <laughs> I was just scrolling through today. I'm like, oh god, this is hilarious. Um, so if you can, before we leave, man, how can people you know tell me about the podcast? How can they follow you? Any of your Instagram? All the, all the outlets. Of course, no. I'll start off with the podcast. Podcast is Latinos Out Loud. We have two episodes a week, every Tuesday and Thursdays. Uh, just Google. We are Latinos Out Loud, um, and we'll we'll show up even on our website. And then for me, Juan Bago. Uh, there was a time where you're like Google me, and it's like ew, rude. But no, for real. If you you Google Juan Bago, all the the social media uh, platforms go in there, and you know, and and God willing, everything goes right. You know, I'll get my TV show that I want. Um, but in the meantime, doing some sketches and just, just creating, you know, just observing, you know, like right now is an interesting time. And, and I, I, and I like podcasts like this because it's like therapy. Like I, I don't remember the last time I spoke about me being in high school. So Mm. anytime you could do that, it's, it's, mm. (laughs) so yeah, I think, I think it's interesting to find out where, you know, a lot of people are, so they Google you, right? They're going to see the podcast and your funny videos that they see the final result. And sometimes yeah. people don't see what other people went through. And sometimes it's just yeah. nice to relate um, yeah, yeah, to what yeah. other people learn. And, and I think, and I really do have to, I'm a free spirit, but I do have to think growing up in the suburbs because that gave me a different perspective, a different speed, a different, like that's what makes me right now during the quarantine, I was very used to it being very slow, you know, growing up. So I have to appreciate that, that even living in a city right now, I've been able to have both speeds. You know, a lot of times when I first started to creating and being in New York, fast, 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 I'd go to my parents' house and be able to Zen and catch my thoughts and do everything. So yeah, like that, having that has helped me now. So I, I definitely appreciate where I started um, for who I am now. Cool, man. Uh, well, again, I appreciate your time and thanks for doing this. If I can ever do anything for you, man, let me know. Hopefully one day I can get back to New York. Yeah, you can man. have a wine. I'll have a tequila. <laughs> Let's get that, uh, that smoky, smoky tasty. I'm down for I'll, it. I'll bring, you, I'll bring you some mezcal. Um, Absolutely. Cool, brother. Appreciate you doing this. Thanks, everybody. See you next one.